to Radio War Stories with your hosts, Dave Jagger and Don Nelson. So many jocks, so many people on the air, Don, have talked about uh, consultants through the years. We talked to Charlie Cook and and tossed around that word for many, many podcasts. But you came across something interesting on Facebook. You want to tell me about that with our friend Mike McVeigh? Yeah, really kind of fascinated by it. Mike McVeigh has, uh, to me, one of the more interesting Facebook feeds. He has some really good ideas on it. And I was uh, looking at one that was posted quite recently. And I saw beneath it a comment that that, uh, struck me and that generated a whole bunch of other comments and the fascinating thing to me was the gentleman that Mike McVeigh is, uh, he stayed quiet <laughs> through yeah, the whole he did. thing. He just let everybody kind of battle it out there. But, but the, the comment uh, that started it all, and it's one that I've heard a lot, we've all heard, is that you know a consultant is somebody who just comes in, stirs up the pot, uh, and takes the money and runs. And mm-hmm. I have always felt that any time that kind of situation that feeling uh, developed when you brought in a consultant that the person at fault was the general manager because a general manager can't bring in a consultant it has to be the staff yes that brings in the consultant yeah and that's what the general manager is there for uh you know, uh, leading the horse to water. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. you don't just say, guess what, guys? Uh, I have hired uh, Dave uh, to come in and uh, tell you everything you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a consultant is a, is a fabulous source of information and networking. And that's what it's all about. I think the ones that everybody worried about more than anything else were the ones that they would call a talent coach. Uh, consultants were kind of a conglomeration of talent coaches and let's get the music right and let's get your promotions right and the brand right and all those kind of they were an overall look at how the radio station operated and sounded along Mm -hmm. with the program director and the general manager but Mm -hmm. you're right starts at the top it starts at the top with the GM and uh, I said before I we always welcomed the talk with consultants we didn't mind consultants at all i never had any like uh, trepidation of sitting down in a room with just jerry and me and the consultant and right. them after having them listen to us well that's because they usually took the morning team out for dinner right <laughs> <laughs> well no as a matter of fact the first couple of times and many times we're just in the conference room mm-hmm. sitting in there uh i remember mcveigh did something really cool when he first came on at uh, W Light in Grand Rapids, and he said, I'm going to bring a movie. We're all going to sit around and watch a movie one night, and we're going to have pizza ordered and delivered into the radio station. Mm-hmm. So he wanted us to watch a movie that at the time he considered our core audience, and that was, um, oh, uh, The Big Chill. And, it, and actually, Kevin Costner played that role as the dead guy, but he never appeared in the in the movie at all well i would like to say it was before my time but let's face it there's nothing that was before my time (laughs) but we sat down and watched the movie and we ate pizza and watched the whole movie we didn't even you know we could discuss a little bit during that but most of the time we were just sitting there Mm -hmm. watching the movie back then it was on vcr there were no dvds yet uh so we watched it on a vhs 
uh, hooked up on a TV in, in our room there and had the whole air staff there, part-timers, everybody, to mm-hmm. get an idea of what the radio station's audience was supposed to be. This is who we were talking to. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to go about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, this whole thing of, of bringing in someone from the outside, uh, if it's properly explained, it, it, it literally will filter from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people realize how valuable this person can be to their career to make them better. Uh, we had a situation that has nothing to do with consultants, uh, has everything to do with, with filtering from the bottom up in a radio station. And that was uh, a thing at, at Wire where the uh, payday, you know, we had checks in those days. Sure. And uh, payday, the, the bookkeeper would post the overnight people's paychecks up on a bulletin board in an envelope. In an envelope, yeah. Right, so they had their check and go to the bank the next day. Well, all of a sudden, one of the checks disappeared. Uh Uh-oh. That's kind of strange. Uh, And because she'd do it at 5 o'clock on the way out the door, you know. And and a couple of weeks went by, and another check disappeared. And, And, you know, people, everybody in the station knows that we have checks that are disappearing off the bulletin board. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, in comes BR, Bill Robinson, uh-huh. program director, a couple of other guys who said, Don, uh, we know you have to get to the bottom of this, and we also know it's, it's a tough move for you. And, and we have taken a vote, and we would like for you to bring in a, a uh, handwriting expert uh, and have each of the staff uh, give a sample so we can figure out who's doing this. Oh, boy. In, in other words, they took it all oh, off me. Oh, my gosh. And, and, but this obviously was the solution. And they did bring in the handwriting expert, and the handwriting expert, and, and I, this was a science that I really didn't know much about. Sure. He actually, he was, he was uh, with the Indianapolis Police Department. Makes he, sense, he, he yeah. Was, he was their guy. Yeah. Uh, but he said, yeah, uh, your problem is here. And uh, he pointed out, thank God, the, the daughter of an outside employee uh, who came in in the evenings. So, uh, and, and uh, you yeah. ah. it, it's just... The, the fact of the matter is something, if I, as, as, as the, the then GM, had said, we got to get to the end of this, we're going to bring in a handwriting expert, and every one of you are going to sit down here and give a sample, you know, what a jerk. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. But, but having it come the other way around is what makes a great radio station. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great solution to a really sensitive problem like that. Who do you blame? How do you figure out who to blame? You don't want to be hard-handed about the whole thing. Like but but, but so. as we said at the beginning, and I'd just like to reiterate, I, I have so much respect for a guy like McVeigh, who on his Facebook feed can let all of these comments uh, roar by and not feel compelled <laughs> to say a word. Didn't right? say he didn't respond to any of them, just let the others battle it out. Yeah. And that reminds me of the the other comment that we had with Charlie Cook and uh, about toxic people. Uh, because there's so many times you run into toxic people, even in outside of radio. Of course, we are pretty clo- close-knit uh bunch of folks even though there mm-hmm. were over 2,000 radio stations in the country or 25 or 100 or whatever but um, 
having toxic people around you all the time just makes you that much angrier and makes it harder for you to do your job. As a general manager, that must have been hard. As a consultant, it's got to be absolutely mind-numbing to try to get past these people and try to work with people that just don't listen to you at all. Can can you imagine sitting in a room trying your best to to, uh, help a situation and having one guy sitting in the back giving you the eye? Yeah. uh, You know, you can't, you don't want to look at him, but you can't help but look at him, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I only did that one time, I think, and I think it was with good reason. Uh, It was in San Antonio at KLLS, we were being consulted by George Johns at the time, and then they sold to the Swanson Radio Group out of Tulsa. And uh, so the general manager, whom I had very little respect for because he was really nothing more than a glorified sales manager as in a GM chair. Uh, I won't use his name, but regardless, when they came in to, for the staff meeting, and of course, we never had staff meetings, all of a sudden there's a staff meeting we'd heard the rumors of the sale possibly going through or somebody wanting to buy the station and he stood there uh and at the other end of the room where i was in our big conference room and he said well you know the good thing about companies like swanson and they told me this personally and i want to pass this on to you there will be no changes is that there will be no changes (laughs) and here's my favorite they companies don't buy radio stations they buy people ooh how nice yeah it was a lie they, they, but did they did when swanson took over did did he give everybody tv dinners <laughs> no <laughs> no but we did did get uh Discount coupons. Turkeys at Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> now, do, was this a live turkey or? <laughs> no, no, it was a frozen turkey. They had a big truck out back behind the building the radio station was in. <laughs> that would have been a little tough. That would have been fun, though. But, yeah, I thought, oh, please. And I just looked at him. I stared across the room at him with no expression, I'm sure. And Because later on, he tells the guy that was a program director, uh, Dave didn't look too happy during the uh, a whole presentation about Swanson taking over. And he goes, well, you'll have to talk to Dave about that. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you know, you, you say turkey, and, of course, we all think of the uh, the, the famous uh, turkey drop story. Oh, sure, uh, from uh, WKRP. Uh, yeah. on, on WKRP. But do you know that that really happened? No, <laughs> no it, but it doesn't it, surprise It really me. happened at WDZ in Decatur, Illinois. And the owner, general manager uh, uh, there was was on the RAB board with me. And he actually is the guy oh who conceived this idea and threw the turkeys out of the, oh out of the 172 gosh. airplane, having no idea that a turkey couldn't fly. So people thought it was a very funny uh, uh, WKRP episode. It was an even funnier uh, oh WDZ gosh. episode because it went literally went through the roof of, of a women's clothing store in, in a shopping mall. So. <laughs> that I would have liked to have seen. But I, I would imagine the description that... Uh, uh, not Herb Tarlick, but the news guy. Les Nessman was giving would probably be accurate. They're dropping like sacks of wet cement because they don't fly. They just had to make a horrendous, splashing thud. <laughs> oh, my 
my gosh. I had no idea it really had happened. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, in Quad Cities, uh, the Chamber of Commerce came up with uh, a promotion to get people to shop in downtown Moline on a Friday. And they had this quack, quack, quack sound, and that was... Fearless Ferdy, the Foolish Friday Fowl. Oh, my gosh. Right? Way to go, Don. I couldn't have said that. Whoever thought that one up. Uh... <laughs> Fearless Ferdy. Fearless Furly, the Furly. Ferdy, the Foolish Friday Fowl. Foolish Friday Fowl. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll quit now. Nice wow. talking to you, Dave. <laughs> You left radio knowing what was coming down the uh, pike, and you actually, I think, Don, had that uh, forward vision a lot earlier than most. So my question to you as we kind of delve back into these cerebral things here, what what was it? What tipped it off? Was it after G. Laverne died and the corporate people came in or when you made it to San Diego or Los Angeles? What was it that you signaled you to get the hell out? Uh, well, I, I didn't leave radio, actually. Radio left me. Uh, and radio left a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, because it was just a different thing completely. And when all of a sudden it became uh, bookkeepers, uh, people coming in with, with uh, pumping literally tens of millions of dollars uh, out, just throwing at people, uh, not knowing what they were going to do with oh, it, but then, then trying to figure out how to, make, how to pay the fiddler mm-hmm. uh, when the time came up. It just, uh, it's something that uh, like we have all said, I certainly have, and, and almost everybody I know has said, it ceased to be fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's so sad because it was so much fun for such a long time. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can honestly admit that outside of the corporations hammering the general managers who are always constantly working on budgets, budgets, and budgets, uh, and the owners coming down, uh, the corporate owners coming into town or their business people or whoever always were, you know, there for two or three days and just doing nothing but hammering out budgets. No, we can't afford this anymore. Mm-hmm. And this happened like every three months. It seemed like every quarter they were changing the budget. So while I was on the air, I have to say, since I didn't have to deal with that stuff, I was, uh, I felt pretty good about and having fun on the air. Not as much as we had, certainly. Well, the, you just said something very important there. A key word in what you just said was every quarter. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't used to think in terms of quarters. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, yeah. we, we thought in terms of years or even more of that. But when it got to the point where it, it became. What are we going to do this quarter? How are we going to push this over? How are we going to do that? we got to have a winning quarter. That's what it ceased to be fun. And that would happen in New York? I mean, had that been going on even before New York or just really? Uh, oh, yeah, that was going on uh, uh, before. But that was something that started in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, then by the time you got 
really into the 90s, it was just, yeah. if it, it had to be quarterly, 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 quarterly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember when uh, the New Communications Act was signed in 94, 96, 96, I think. Uh, and I remember asking the GM, you know, is, uh, what do you think, Phil? Is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing for radio? It seems like it, if they open up the ownership, that's a death knoll for down the road. And he just looked at me and said, we'll see. Of course, all he wanted to do was save his job like everybody, <laughs> like most people in, in management at that time. And we changed owners so many times in two or three years after consolidation was was uh, passed. Uh, we had we were part of the Star Network, thanks to the Hicks Brothers Central Star. Right. And then that was just for a drink of water. I mean, barely a cup of coffee, just a drink of water. And then it was somebody else and then there was another one in between that and then we had Patterson which was a gentleman Jim Wesley that used to run the Miami outlet where Larry King used to work good uh and then finally ended up with uh uh with the great um Regent Broadcasting but once again these were smaller companies Regent was eaten up by Town Square right and they're still in existence now and they still own my former radio station in Michigan, but the only thing they have that's working well for them, and my old studio that was built for me and Jerry, was handed off and remodeled completely for the syndicated uh, Free Beer and Hot Wings show yeah. <laughs> that generates out of Grand Rapids into some uh, northern. I thought you were going to tell me they turned it into a Motel Six. <laughs> no, that was that's the best studio I we'd ever worked in. I love that place. It had everything I asked for. And what anything Jerry needed, and and as as you know, the chief engineers are such a huge part of uh, the way a radio station can be successful or unsuccessful. Just mm -hmm. simply with that sound, a lot of that is with the the engineer and the program director, uh, program director's oversight as well. He knows what the station sounds. But like. you know that was a late in life change. It was for many years the chief engineer was this funny guy with a slide rule that, that <laughs> nobody quite understood uh, and he was never invited to a meeting uh, I mean you know he just <laughs> you know, you're right he just, and he didn't want to come to the meetings anyway right yeah but then the the chief engineers became uh, corporate uh, yep. in, in the best sense of the word they, they became uh, an, an integral part of the operation and uh, but that took place, that's one of the better things that took place in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. Yeah, except down the road, Don, and this happened after you left, they started to get a corporate engineer just like a consultant. He was nothing more than going around and visiting the company's radio stations, mm -hmm. but he worked for the corporation. He may have been a great engineer at some point, but a lot of times when these guys would come into the market, they either related really, really well to your local guy, your local engineer, the one working on your radio stations, quote, uh, uh, plural, or we're just jerks. And, you know, I, you know, this station needs some new microphones and we really need to budget. For, nope, uh-uh, nope, sorry. We can't do that for another at least three years. We'll have to see. Maybe you can resubmit that in next quarter's budget or next year's budget or whatever. We're going to have to see if we can... Uh, 
get a hold of, of Alex Ketty, who is a chief engineer at Wire, uh, and uh, Alex, uh, I, I believe, is still the corporate uh, head of engineering for Intercom. But he would be a good one to to uh, get insight to. So I will uh, get the Rolodex out hey, and, good. and uh, yeah. see if we can get Alex to join us. I can I can actually call Mike Majeski, who is our excellent engineer awesome. in West Michigan. Right, yeah. He he'd be more than happy to, unless they have some rule against it. Who knows? They probably do. Right. Uh, go through. Li- <laughs> yeah, after a legal review, uh, you can call me back in the year twenty twenty eight. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But don't call until we have our budgets in and approved. Correct. Correct. Don't want to hear from you until then. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. We'll be back next week.